God bless you. This is the third talk in the series, Our Decisive Times. And today, our subject is the Catholic Church and the COVID-19 vaccine. As you know, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, supports the use of the vaccine, and his arguments are based on two things. First, moral principles. And these all Catholics should embrace. Namely, that we should think of the common good, we should act in charity. But also, he depends on the assessment that he has received about the vaccine's safety and effectiveness, which may turn out to be wrong or right. So the Pope's statement on the vaccine is not morally binding because, as we shall see, the Church recognizes that it is not her competence to judge the efficacy or effectiveness of medical procedures, such as the use of vaccines. Her competence is to offer the moral principles to guide our discernment. So let us examine those principles found in the most authoritative statement on the use of COVID-19 vaccine, which is the note from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. From now on, we will call it CDF. And the title of this document is On the Morality of Using Some Anti-COVID-19 Vaccines. This document was published by papal decree on December 21 of 2020. Now, the central concern of this document is the ethics of using vaccines that were produced or tested with cell lines of aborted children. The abortions took place some 30 years ago, and the sales of those babies have been kept alive and reproduced in the lab, and they're still used today by these pharmaceutical companies. Now, based on our profound belief as Catholics, because it's also a fact of reason that from conception there is a human person, and so we believe in the sanctity of life from conception, and the CDF has then stated that the vaccines present ethical problems. But there are different levels of cooperation with abortion. The highest is that of those making the decisions to use those illicit cell lines of aborted children, which is the drug companies and the government that approves it. While those who receive the vaccines, for them, the cooperation with abortion, according to the CDF, is passive and remote. It is not formal cooperation because they did not participate in any part of the abortion 
nor in the production of the vaccines. Therefore, the vaccines could be used in good conscience if the following conditions are met. And I quote from the document, if there is grave danger, such as the otherwise uncontainable spread of a serious pathological agent, and if the vaccinations are recognized as clinically safe and effective. And a fourth condition is in the absence of other means to stop or even prevent the epidemic. In other words, as a last resort. Why these conditions? Because there are ethical problems. And so they can only be used if there is this serious conditions met. So what does it mean to use them in good conscience? Well, it means that the person receiving them has considered these things, has considered that they're ethical problems, and they have come to believe that in order for the common good, um, they think that they should um, receive the vaccines. So, are the four conditions met? The CDF tells us that the church cannot judge that. And I cite from their document, we do not intend to judge the safety and efficacy of these vaccines, although ethically relevant and necessary. As this evaluation is the responsibility of the biomedical researchers and drug agencies. So we see here that it is ethically relevant and necessary to, to judge if these vaccines are safe and, and, if, and, if, and they have efficacy, but the church doesn't have the competence to judge, so the ones who can do this are the drug agencies. But here comes a big question. Are these biomedical researchers and are these drug agencies truly doing their job? Are they telling, the, telling us the truth? You have to remember that the drug companies are the ones who produce these vaccines unethically to begin with. So, this is a problem. And in 2005, the Pontifical Academy for Life stated, and I quote, there remains a moral duty to continue to fight and to employ every lawful means in order to make life difficult for the pharmaceutical industries which act unscrupulously and unethically. And my dear family, since 2005, the ties between the drug agencies and the abortion industry with the complicity of the federal government has expanded tremendously. These pharmaceutical companies continue to buy aborted fetuses from the big abortion provider, Planned Parenthood. Matter of fact, they were caught red-handed doing that, and the government did nothing. 
In addition, these companies have created the present opioid epidemic that is killing thousands upon thousands of people. Pfizer, one of the biggest vaccine providers, has a long history of crimes, including the use of Nigerian children as guinea pigs. If you read the notes that accompany the stock, you can check out for yourself the sources. But the point here is not to oppose the use of medicine or vaccines in general, because many drugs are lifesavers, and we do want to use science for the good. But in the present situation of rampant corruption, deceit, and disregard for human life, prudence requires that we listen to biomedical researchers who are not under the control of these drug agencies and the government. People that are experts and that are not tied to to this whole production of the vaccines. For this, it's important to be attentive to the signs of the times. The Lord tells us in Luke 12, 56, you hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present times? To interpret the present times means that we are open to the light of the Holy Spirit to be able to discern the good and the bad. And this is a difficult process. The Lord also says in Luke 13, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, killing the prophets, stoning those who are sent to you, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Here you have people who loved Moses, King David, all the great men and women of the past. They were religious people, but they were not attentive to the signs of the times. They had God incarnate in their midst, and they could not recognize him. The consequence of this, this tragedy, is the destruction of Jerusalem. The consequence is also so many people lost to the faith. And so, in order to realize the machinations of the world, the way that they deceive us with promises that are not true, is to be focused in the signs of the times. And what happened 2,000 years ago, this blindness, keeps on recurring in history when ungodly ideologies infect entire countries and continents and they sweep the Catholics along with the rest. Immediately we think about um, Nazi Germany, a Christian country with so many Catholics, And this pandemic of Nazism took over like a fever 
and only a small remnant resisted and were willing to die before being swept by the current. And it's easy to see these things in hindsight, but we remain sometimes blind to interpret the present time. And these things did not only happen in Germany. It, they happened in Russia, in China, Spain during the Civil War, Mexico during the Cristero War, in Cuba, in Venezuela, on and on. But now, this infestation of ideology is worldwide. We are living at a time where there is this great battle, this great darkness trying to destroy Christianity. And the vaccines and the other COVID uh, mandates exist in the context of this social revolution. So in order to understand something that is happening, you have to see the context. So these ideologies are demanding the overthrow of Christianity. And this includes the critical race theory, the gender theory, the cancel culture, defund the police movements, socialist control. And these ideologies are upending every institution by coercion, deception, censoring, imposing new laws that pave the way for a new world order. And this confusion, uh, it's also affecting profoundly the church. We see a big apostasy going on. We see even uh, confusion and division on the hierarchy. That's why we have to pray so much for our church and for our, our shepherds. We see that, for example, just recently in the little state of San Marino uh, in Italy, um, there was a, a um, plebiscite and, um, about abortion. Now, mind you that this is a place that is 91% Catholic and 77% voted for abortion. But this is not just there. It's happening throughout the world. Catholics losing their faith, losing the understanding of the seriousness of following the narrow path that leads to joy and to salvation. And everything kind of becomes relative and we begin to accept everything. And so what does all this have to do with the vaccine? Well, it's that this revolution, this infestation of ideology has penetrated deeply into medicine as well. Um, just give you two examples. The abortion industry ha is having a great impact on the medical world. And more and more, abortion is being perceived as if it was a dogma. Another example is the children, adolescents, and being exhorted to have operations to supposedly change their sex. This is something incredible. They're being mutilated for the rest of their lives at a moment when they are vulnerable, pressured by 
all this indoctrination, uh, fears, confusion in their in their homes, in the schools, and these children's lives are being destroyed through this regime of indoctrination. So science is being held hostage to politics. Another example is the American Medical Association just this month uh, decided to bow to the pressure of the LGTB lobby and oppose the inclusion of sex in birth certificates. That means that we can no longer say that a child already born, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Now, this is a dramatic rebellion against God. Think of the consequences of a world where we don't even know our basic identity. And what I'm saying is we cannot understand the COVID mandates and the vaccine mandates outside of this general context of manipulation, holding science hostage to politics, manipulation of data, and all this that is going on. These same tactics are being used under the pretext of the pandemic. So how do we proceed? Well, what do you do when you need medical treatment? If you're a good Catholic, you want to know the moral principles that apply. Then you go to the doctor because only doctors have the competence to diagnose. And what do you do next? You go to another doctor for a second opinion. This is the normal procedure. And then you make sure that you pray and discern, having listened to both doctors, not looking for the easy solution, because that solution may not be the best, the one that really heals you. And you don't expect the doctors to tell you what to do. You have to make your decision, but you have to avail yourself of their information. If the doctors disagree, then you have to pray more, and then you make your decision. So let us apply this process to the vaccine decision. The CDF, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, reminds us of the moral doctrine, the moral principles. They tell us we should act not only thinking about protecting our own health, but also thinking about the common good. In other words, we have to think about others. It says that the vaccination may be recommended if safe and effective. It also tells us that it may be refused for reasons of conscience. In any case, you must avoid, by all means possible, infecting other people. Okay, with all that information, then you go to the doctors. And the doctors, in this case, are going to be the first one representing the collusion of big pharma, big government, mainstream media, because they all are speaking with the same voice. And this first doctor 
is where most people are going to get their information. Because this is what is being drummed into their heads in the media all the time. And this first doctor does not just advise you to get vaccinated. He outright coerces you. Any resistance to the vaccine is met with increasingly severe punishments, restrictions on your freedom. This doctor tells you that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's the unvaccinated that are responsible for people dying. This doctor tells you with hubris that there is no second opinion possible. He is the only one who follows science. Everyone else is misinformed or a conspiracy theorist or otherwise unqualified. And since they control the media as well, if you search in your computer, their narrative is what's going to come up repeatedly because Google has worked it out in their logarithms so that other opinions are either put at the bottom of the list or completely censored. So, you know, I have found out that there are many doctors who are not experts on vaccines, and they simply are receiving this information from above, and that's what they're passing on to their patients. So let us go now to the second doctor. And this second doctor represents the scientists, the doctors, the healthcare professionals who speak about the dangers of the vaccines, both for the patient and for society. They are also experts in their field. They went to the same medical schools as the first doctors. Their credentials dispel any myth created by the first doctor about the opponents of the COVID vaccine not following science. Among them, in fact, are renowned experts, such as Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, Dr. Peter McCullough, professor of medicine, one of the most highly cited authorities on the National Library of Medicine in the United States. Dr. Mike Eden, former chief science officer and vice president at Pfizer for 16 years, and many, many others. These men and women are willing to speak, knowing that they risk being censored, which they are, defamed, which they are, fined, prosecuted, expelled from their jobs. Hundreds and hundreds of doctors and nurses, medical uh, personnel being fired already from their jobs because they refuse to be vaccinated. And they lose also the possibility of getting unemployment. Now, why are all these medical professionals telling us this thing and resisting themselves being vaccinated? They have nothing to gain. 
except because they are doing what their conscience tells them. So what are they telling us? They, they are telling us that there is research that indicates, number one, that the vaccinated also spread the virus. In fact, now the government has acknowledged that this is true. But apparently the media doesn't catch up with science and they're still, still telling us that this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. In fact, now, according to the second doctors, studies show that the vaccinated spread the virus even more than the unvaccinated and that they are more responsible for the mutations of the virus. They're telling us that vaccination does not help reach herd immunity, that there is no asymptomatic transmission of the virus. Now we're seeing research that the authorities are blocking information about the link between vitamin D and COVID mortality. Something so simple as a deficiency of vitamin D is exposing people to the threat of the COVID virus, and they're not being told. In addition, we're finding out that there are prophylactics and medicines that many doctors have proven in their experience with their patients to have been very successful in the fight against COVID. These medicines are cheap, like ivermectin, and they are out of patent. So the big pharma would not profit if these medicines are used. As a result, so many people are dying unnecessarily. Big media is not reporting the deaths and the adverse reactions caused by the vaccine. But I, as a simple priest, have already received many uh, prayer intentions of people whose relatives have been paralyzed from the neck down or have had other uh, terrible results. And if you make a search in our world in data, that has all kinds of statistics, it's interesting to find that the countries that are least vaccinated are the ones that have the least mortality rate from COVID as well. So you listen to the first doctor, you listen to the second doctor, and then you wonder, um, is it justified to say that receiving the vaccine is for the common good and that it is an act of love? You see, the church cannot judge that. I cannot judge that. You have to pray and based on this data, make your decision. If you believe the first doctor, the official narrative, that the vaccines are safe and effective, if you think that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, then please, for the common good, 
and in good conscience, go ahead and take the jab. But if the signs of the times and the tactics of the first doctor concern you, and you are persuaded by the arguments of the second doctor, then, for the sake of charity and for the common good, you may, in good conscience, refuse to be vaccinated. The Church tells us by the document of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, and I quote, practical reason makes evident that vaccination is not, as a rule, a moral obligation, and that therefore it must be voluntary. Finally, as Christians, it is paramount that no matter what doctor is the one that persuades your heart the most and you decide to go with that doctor, we must trust above all in Christ. These times of crisis are also times to go deep into our faith, to stand faithful with the Lord in prayer, and keep our minds open for further discernment. And respect the position of others. How many are being divided in their parishes, in their families, at work, friends, because they have different positions about the vaccine. Our unity must be in Christ and respect that the other person in good conscience has come to a different decision. May the Lord bless you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.